just really quick um just a quick update about the potential second stimulus check so it's looking like um there have been a lot of delays going on with the signatures that were needed in the past excuse me in the past couple days and everything um so they're not sure if it's going to carry into the new year that they're still going to be working on this but I mean, I'm 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 cautious about about spreading rumors about things. Um, it looks like they're considering a six hundred dollar check, um, and that would be per member, per household, per eligible adult. Um, and if they have kids, it would be per kid as well. As far as what it looks like, that's kind of the direction it seems like things are moving in. Honestly, I would say, guys, don't, you know, don't don't bank on anything until you literally see a check in your hand. Um, You don't want to make any decisions on something that isn't solid. But one thing that I think um, is important to think about is, you know, if there are any barriers or any um, potential uses that you could uh, find for additional funds and if you don't have any major expenses to be caring for right now or any major um upcoming risky um situations anything along those lines um if you're able to just kind of um use this time before you even have information about the stimulus check before there's any proof that anybody's even getting them say you did have 600 bucks what would you do with it right um that's an important thing to try to consider especially when you're like doing side hustles small businesses side businesses trying to make extra income on the side if you already had say for example a predictable nine to five where you know you're going to be working say for example if you're an essential worker and it's not likely that you're going to lose your work um and you're still getting the same paycheck Um, A lot of people who are essential workers um, are noticing that some of the benefit options are changing. Like for my job, for example, um, they have a retirement matching, um, you know, fund that comes through like near this time of year. The the last pay period of the year, our pay periods are the 10th and 25th of the month or whatever the weekday is before a holiday or weekend if it falls on that day. So... Um, Our next pay date is going to be December 24th for my work. And they're saying that um, that contribution that our uh, company makes, the matching contribution that they make to our retirement um, at whatever percentage is going to be 0% next year. So we're getting it at the end of this year. But come this time, the end of 2021, there's no matching. And there are other things coming up, I'd say at my job, but I'm sure that these these are things at other people's jobs as well. Like, for example, if someone at one of our sites is a staff and they, you know, we're all considered essential workers. And if we did get um, like, you know, come down with the coronavirus or end up in the hospital or have to take leave, um, they're really only giving us our sick leave days, um, and that's paid sick leave for, I think we get up to two weeks, I believe, and they're not allotting us more time. So what's happening to a lot of people, <clears throat> either people who were scared that they had the virus or needed to distance or take time off work. Cause some, our company has multiple small sites, like satellite sites under it. And so if somebody felt like they got exposed, they couldn't go to work, they might have options to work from home, but say if they actually were ill and couldn't work because of the symptoms and conditions and needed the rest, they could only use up to up to two weeks of sick leave. And if, you know, we have what we have paid time off PTO, um, if somebody, excuse me, if somebody has say like, I don't know, like. 20 days worth of PTO that they can take 
Um, say if they, you know, usually what they're making people do right now is use their PTO and then it goes into sick leave, but that's already time that was provided for us. They're not giving us extra. So there's no, you know, especially like thinking of holidays, you know, Thanksgiving just passed, Christmas is coming up. A lot of people at our site celebrate Hanukkah. A lot of people are going to be taking days off for the new year. So people have already taken off a large chunk of days within the last two, two to three months, they're going to be taking off days. Um, so, uh, yeah, November, December, January tends to be the time of year when a lot of our staff look forward to, you know, maybe bonuses at some sites, um, or at least during the year sometime, sometimes there is a bonus available that didn't happen this year either. Um, excuse me. Wow. Sorry about my throat, guys. This lemonade's really getting to me. But, um, yeah, it's it's just interesting. So a lot of us, you know, we're not getting extra money, but at the same time, we're getting, like, our normal pay. And we do get paid holidays. We get paid sick leave. We get paid uh, time off. But there is a max, and you can't really pass that max number. Like, we accrue PTO every pay period, so twice a month. We accrue a certain amount of hours or a portion of hours, um, <clears throat> but we don't necessarily know right now, you know, what that's going to really look like as far as the next year coming up. So if you think about, oh, if somebody gets 600 bucks, that's not even, um, you know, similar to, you know, the thousands, thousands of dollars that people get for their retirement at the end of every year, even if it's 2000 at the end of the year, that's a lot of money. And that's if you have like a small amount in your retirement, like under 10,000, you'll get maybe like 2000 something, 1000 something. I don't remember the number exactly off the top of my head, but a lot of people, you know, if they're older, they probably have way more in there, like probably 30, 40,000 and whatever percentage of that, that's just free money at the end of every year. If you've been working for one of these sites for like a certain amount of time. And so the way I see it, it's really becoming challenging, but also becoming more, um, um, you know, harder to get extra, extra funds. Cause a lot of times say if people had projects or vacations or, trips or something like that you know you might have extra retirement money coming at the end of every year you might be able to take out loans on your retirement you might be able to get different money from different places even through the work site just from like just from being on a site and working there for so long you know you may have had like stock options or things like that you know um, index funds things that you can kind of pull money out of but right now it's like if if we're not getting any contributions to that <clears throat> I like to use the terms saying things like free money because it's like just some of this money you get just from being at a site for a long period of time so if you're not getting any of that um you know that's a significant amount of thousands of dollars per person or thousands of dollars per individual um that they're missing out on so say you know we get like a we don't really get bonuses or raises, but we do get um, a kind of, it's like a secret kind of bonus that, you know, people have kind of leaked information about it, but it's basically like an incentive that like, if you've been meeting your productivity, you've been working at the sites for a certain amount of time and you're still employed by the time that money rolls around, basically, if you're meeting the productivity, meeting the demands, you've been on site, you don't have any like negative marks on your record or any kind of like disciplinary action or anything like that you're basically able to um improve so you're able you're able sorry that was the wrong word you're basically able to kind of get that extra bonus um but they say don't tell anybody don't tell anybody if you got the bonus um so nobody really knows that you if you get it or that it's available if it is Um, and so that's another amount of money that can be up to like $2,000 some, sometimes for some people. Um, so if you think of it, 
a person missing out on on even four thousand dollars in a year just for working for a site um and if they're running out of paid leave days and sick leave days and then they actually get ill and have to take days off and then it starts cutting into their actual paycheck um that's an issue and six hundred dollars isn't equivalent to all that money and i don't work at a site where we get paid a whole lot we're we're getting over minimum wage but where i live in southern california um most people with the so with the sites that are older that haven't had a new contract in a while meaning that they don't have um raises and so because there's no raise um they depend on a contract being renewed and then once that gets renewed what usually happens is they put um you know they they budget for every every single type of position um at the site and so that's when they can say okay this position no longer gets 18 an hour and now gets 22 an hour something like that and that doesn't even happen every year um I was at my previous site for like four years and it didn't even happen the whole four years I was there so imagine going four years at the same pay rate and anyone who's hired kind of after you when when the rate is a little bit different um they're getting more money and you're staying at the same and you know that's just how this site is it's pretty sad um and then there's also um you know if if people do get raises it's maybe up to 50 cents and not even every year so like 25 to 50 cents so usually what happens is people move up at sites or new sites get built or a new contract is developed and then people move into a different site or they're kind of poached and other sites are like, hey, we see you're doing well over there. You've you you know, you've kind of maybe outgrown your position and it's kind of like you're kind of getting like promoted in a way you get promoted to a new um, environment where you would get a higher pay rate. Um but then, you know, there's still taxes and all this kind of other stuff. So those are things just to consider. Um, I mean, yeah, $600, I mean, I wouldn't say it's not a blessing. I mean, any free money is free money. But if you consider that a lot of the regular free money that people were used to getting every year, if you do work like a classic nine to five with like average type of benefits, like my site, it's it's not, it. like I said, it's more than minimum wage. But most people out here... Um, if you're if you're using the rule of um, finding a job, finding work, or sorry, finding housing that's within three, um, within sorry, let me back up. I'm distracted by this uh, person parking. Finding housing that's within three, sorry, finding housing that's within a third of your income. Um, a lot of people aren't really bringing in, like the average Joe isn't really bringing in too much more than $3,000 a month. Um, 3000 is kind of like a high average. Most people are making way less than 3000 And I'm talking about Southern California, where you can barely ever even find a, a studio for $1,000 rent a month. And so, like, in the area where I live, like, you can find things more inland or, like, maybe San Bernardino or, like, if you're going to live out, like, in the desert or, like, towards Yuma or, you know, maybe in some other cities. Like, but it's it's rare. It's not, like, the common thing um, to find something under a 1,000. Most are, like, even a 1,000 is considered cheap. I'd say, like, 12, 1,200 might get you a studio, maybe 11. Um... I've seen apartments though, like one bedroom apartments for like ten ninety five, something like that. So it's like there is a range, but it kind of just depends. And again, the rent does usually go up every year. So if you think of it, most people out here, say if your rent goes up like fifty bucks to a hundred bucks a year, most people out here aren't making an extra hundred dollars a year, fifty bucks a year, um, per month. You know, so it's like it doesn't make any sense. Like they don't even hardly give us the rate to live on your own independently. So a lot of us have housemates, roommates, um, or, you know, some of my friends do have their own spot and they are, um, able to sustain that, but they never are able to go out. I mean, none of us go out now anyways, but I mean, they're never really able to go out. They can't really afford too many trips or concerts or, you know, they can't go snowboard up in the mountains and like, 
go on a little staycation or go backpacking or something they really have to save to like do things um you know they don't really have a lot of extra money to travel and things like that um so it's kind of a toss-up between do you want to be able to afford more but then live with one or more other people um and not really have a whole lot of privacy or do you want to you know pay an arm and a leg and have all the privacy you need and all the all the you know quiet that you want and not have you know the money to do extra stuff um so it kind of just depends what people value more or what their comfort levels are or maybe whatever situation they're kind of stuck in right now if they can't get out of it um that's kind of where where people are kind of sh- are kind of uh, struggling where I live um but yeah like there's no extra money so um, even if you got a $1,200 stimulus check, uh, the first round, and then you're getting 600 this round, that's only, that's only really $1,800 in one year. And that's not even, um, equivalent to the amount of extra bonuses and things that, that most people would get at like a classic job. And I don't even have a job where I'm at like a decent pay rate. Honestly, I know I'm underpaid and overworked. Um, I know, um, the reality of the situation, but I love my job. So I choose to do it because I love it. I'm not really there for the money. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, if they've started paying me less, I, the money is some incentive, but, um, it's not the full incentive for me. I, I, I enjoy the work I do helping people. Um, we help a lot of homeless individuals. We help a lot of people to, um, you know, meet a lot of their goals and in life with their health, their physical, their mental health, things like this. And it's, it's a pretty rewarding job and it's pretty, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, I don't feel like, even if I had like the, the crappiest day, it's like, I feel like I did something productive with my day, you know, versus like, I just went to work and made money. You know, it's like, there's a lot of positive benefit to the lives of others. Um, getting the practice, and, you know, being an environment in an environment of, you know, practicing being compassionate with people or, you know, practicing, you know, managing your own temper and own frustrations with with the system and, you know, navigating the system and learning a whole lot about like your community um, and the community surrounding. And, you know, we get to see a lot of the injustice right in front of our in front of our eyes and feel like we're actually doing something about it. Um, that's that's kind of a good feeling, you know you can't really put a price on that kind of thing. But honestly, you know, if they, if they just tomorrow were like, we're going to pay everybody an extra $20 an hour, I don't think people would be like, no, I don't need the money. So, um, yeah. So when it comes to the second check, um, if there's, if it's going to be $600, that's a, that's half of the amount that was provided before. And if you think about, you know, $1,200, $12,000 doesn't go that far for a lot of people. But if you think about, and and I'm not here to like try to give people advice, it's just kind of like food for thought, ideas to to kind of um, get the the wheels, the gears kind of turn in a bit. Um, Think about, you know, if, if, you know, a lot of times when people want to start like a small business, a small company, you know, start having extra income that's like predictable extra income. Um, it's good. You know, I, I was watching something, listening to something today by uh, with Graham Stephan, um, talking to one of his, uh, you know, uh, interviewees. Um, and they were mentioning, you know, the, the person he was interviewing. Um, I don't know if I can find their name without this turning off. Let's see. Let's see. The person they were interviewing, his name was um, Dax Flame, D-A-X-F-L-A-M-E. So Graham Stephan interviewed uh, Dax Flame and uh, it was on the Iced Coffee Hour um, podcast and he was talking about um, how, how, you know, his plans on how to make a a million dollars and Graham Stephan is already a millionaire and he was um, giving some advice. He was talking about some different um, tricks and tips uh, like about index funds and things that people might not know, things that he would recommend. They went through this guy's uh, finances in general to see how much he currently spends 
and with predictions of like expenses and things, uh, what amount of money he would need um, to actually be able to live how he wants to. Um, this this man was saying that he spends uh, approximately two thousand dollars a month, and this is living in um, um, Southern California. He spends two thousand dollars a month. He pays. I think his apartment was nearly like $1,200 a month or something along those lines. Um, and, you know, I, I'm not going to spoil the whole thing. And I, I might actually make a review on that on that video clip because I, I found it pretty powerful. But um, if you think about someone like him who's, who's starting and has ideas and has shown and seen success in some of his projects with um, adding extra income to his to his uh, portfolio and things like that Graham Stephan was trying to help him build it and that was an important video because this guy right now he he's successful he's um he has a name for himself um he's he's able to work and support himself um you know and I know not everybody can kind of you know do those things but he has a history in acting um he's been in show business a bit he's been um he's a writer he has a book um that he's written um he has a lot of ideas that he's kind of tested over time like I've talked about before he's tested um ideas over time and found that you know it generated some income and he's suddenly seeing some increases um lately um so the reason why I mentioned that is, you know, not everybody's at the complete beginning phase, but some people are at a phase where it's like you ha you're not seeing zero. Maybe even if you're seeing like 50 cents, you know, um of progress from from your from your um from your project. So I'm going to talk more about that in in another clip, but um just thinking about, you know, what would you do with that money? Um, if you're, if you're thinking about using it for any of the projects you're working on right now, um, any of the side hustles that you have going on right now, if you're thinking of investing some of those funds into that, um, what would it look like? What would you need it for? What would you do with it? Um, when, how, why, you know, it's good to make a plan before it comes in. Um, and so I do want to talk more about that. Um, but it's, it's, it's a good idea to kind of, um, it's almost like, it's almost equivalent to when you go grocery shopping. Um, it's almost equivalent to when, you know, the difference between grocery shopping with a, with a shopping list versus grocery shopping on, you know, just, you know, when you're hungry, just impulsively, just like, I'm going to go shop. And then it's like, oh my gosh, like you come out with different numbers, you come out with different, um, products, um, some, you know, so say if you, if you take that, um, scenario and, it, you know, you put it into, you know, a financial situation, just purely like a, a, a side hustle financial setting, there's a difference between going into a project, um, with, say with, say if you do get a $600 stimulus check and do take the whole thing, um, to put into the project that you're working on, um, if there's no plan in place, how's it gonna, how's that gonna look, right? So, I talked before about, like, if there's no plan in place, there's, you're gonna be real likely to be emotional, you're gonna be real likely to make emotional, impulsive, um, decisions that feel good and make you happy, but it's not based on data, it's not based on analytics. It's not based on numbers and, and numbers that can predict results. It might just be based on, oh, I really like this thing. I want to buy it and see if I can flip it. And it's like, oh, <laughs> like, can you? Um, maybe it's like a, a, say you come across like a $1,200 um, laptop, like one of those nice, like those nice new, like nearly like $2,000 um, Asus, you know, machines that are massively awesome and you know it's one of those republic of gamer um laptops and say it's like two thousand dollars and you find one that's broken and you're trying to flip it for 600 uh you know you find it for 600 but you know the worth of it brand new is two thousand and say you think that fixed refurbished um is going to be 1200 and then it comes it comes down to you know you buy it you flip it and it doesn't it doesn't do well um, 
So, I, I mean, I would honestly think that you could actually probably buy one of those and flip it and it would do really well. But, um, like, after the repair. So, are you repairing it? Are you paying to repair it? Um, what does that look like? Um, so, maybe you could buy it if it was selling for, say, let's change the number. Let's say it was selling for 400 and you knew it would take 200 to pay somebody else to fix it or to get the parts to fix it or whatever. Um so repairs cost 200 item costs 400 there goes all your $600 and if you can't flip it because it was an emotional decision and you didn't do the research or didn't really have anything to to go by to to tell if it was going to be able to make a profit you've basically invested $600 in something that yes it's learning um that's not an invaluable it doesn't have no value but it's not gonna get that $600 to a higher level of funds that from 600 even $600 to $650, that's still $50 profit, versus $600 to $0, um, you basically spend $600. Um, so that would be an example of using this um, just almost purely um, without a, you know, a, you know, um, thought out, planned out, researched decision based on data, based on, you know, prospect, prospective kind of outcomes, you know. Um, but, I mean, the example I use, I think it's not a good example because um, I think that certain things do have have a lot of value. And if you do flip certain types of products, I think they actually do um, very well. Um, laptops are one of them, um, especially Republic of Gamer laptops. Um, and Apple, anything, Apple, you know, iPods, iPads, iPhones, um, MacBooks, um, they still sell really well, even like broken stuff, you know, if you, if you can fix it up, it it really sells good. So taking those kind of things and thinking about, okay, like if I get this stuff, am I going to be able to flip it? Is it going to work? Um, what can I do, um, with this $600 if I'm getting $600? So, um, let's flip the script a bit and say you did some research and you researched a project, you researched how the money is going to go into it. Maybe you're not spending the whole 600. Maybe you're spending a small amount and going the smaller route of let me flip something small, get a larger, you know, get a small amount of income and then still have that, a portion of that 600. So say if you want to work with 300 of the 600, say you get the 600, you take the 300, put it aside, and let's say you put it somewhere where it's going to grow, right? You put it in some sort of place where this money is going to accrue interest, where you're, you're getting, you know, a percentage on the $300 increased, you know, in addition to using the other $300 to slowly grow it past the other $300. So now you're at 600 for the 300. And so you've already, you know, taken half of the money, gained the profit on half of it. You've taken the other half of the money, invested it, and then it yields another profit. Now you're, you're 600 that you had originally. And then the profits from both, um, that you have, you can figure out what to do with the profits. You can figure out what to do. You know, maybe you can recycle, rinse, repeat with the, um, do the whole 300. Let's repeat this, you know, growth, um, project on the side of investing it somewhere that's going to grow it and then use the other 300 again for like the side hustle. And then you can decide depending how much the profit is on both of those $300, um, you're going to decide what to do. Is the profit enough that you can use the profit alone while the other money is still growing on half of it? And then you still have the, the other $300, um, that you're using, you know, rinse, you know, that rinse, recycle, repeat thing. Um, you're, you're using 300 doing the same thing over and over and over. And every time, say if every time you spend the 300, on, you know, say something that you're flipping as your side hustle. Um, if you spent the 300 and you flipped it for say like a $50 profit and that would be, you know, say, you know, it's good to, to make a goal too. So say if you have $300 that you're flipping 
and you're making $50 on every flip, you want to know how often you want to flip, how much money, how much time, how much effort do you need to put in to flip, um, and how long of a time period are you trying to go between every time you make the $50. So am I trying to make $50 a week, $50 a day, $50 a month, um, whatever that looks like for you, you need to have a plan. And you can always edit the plan. You can always update. But then you have that $300 you're using for this. And then you have the $300 that's just maybe sitting there um, accruing interest. And you'll decide what to do with that interest. Say if it accrues 10% interest, which is like $30, um, you're going to decide what do I do with that $30? Am I going to take the $30 and put it back into the side hustle and just leave that money there? You know, these are ideas that kind of come to my mind that are just like, you know, you can take $600 and make a plan for yourself to say, you know, yeah, I'm only getting $600. It's not $1,200. I want to blow it on like, you know, like Yeezys or blow it on like something that sounds like fun and amazing, which is cool. But if you if you're like, I, I really want to like get pumped up about this project, even if you took 100, even if it's not 300 of it, even if it's 100 and just take it and, you know, grow it. You know, because the thing is, once you start seeing the results, um, if you're very strategic and very organized about what you're doing, you're really going to be able to then, um, you're really going to be able to then um, predict how much money you can make tracking, you know, the trends that you're seeing and what you're doing. Um, It takes a lot of focus. It takes a lot of you know, it's kind of like when you go, like if you have a nine to five, those of us who have had them and maybe who do still um, have enough luck to still have them and are still blessed with, with work, um, you know, you know how it is to just go in and make the same amount of money and do the same thing. Right. But the thing is about side hustles is that you don't always just go in, do the same thing. It comes out the same. That's the hard part, you know, but sometimes it can come out way more. Um, so looking at all those things, I think is like going to be a super important part of, of, uh, you know, ways that you can use $600 just to build. I mean, honestly, if you were, if you were making an extra 50 bucks every two weeks, that's a hundred bucks a month off of $300, you know, I mean, that's a lot of money. If you could say every two weeks, I'm making a, I'm making 50 bucks. I'm making a hundred bucks, you know, that means within three months, you've already doubled the 300 that you put in. Um, and that's already 600 bucks on top of nine, on top of the 300, that's 900. And then if there's interest on that, it's more than 900 bucks in just three months, you know, I mean, and if you could think of what you could do with all that money, you know, with a side hustle, that's almost a thousand dollars. You can reinvest back in to whatever you're doing and you know if you're if you're smart with it if you're strategic with it i i over over all this time that i've been doing these side hustles and things i would say um when i come across an additional fund i i tend to be more cautious now and i have a test phase kind of like a pilot phase um i come from a research background i work in a clinical field but i come from the research background of that field. And so, you know, usually when you're developing a project, you don't just like go in like to a conference, like I'm going to sign up and I want to be a presenter and I'm just going to start talking about something. You know, usually you've done years, if not at least months, but years of research behind something. You've done years of, you know, strategic planning and, you know, scoping out what you want to do, scoping out what you need to do. And you're basically able to do all of these things. Um, You're able to kind of get yourself to a place where you're like, you kind of know what you're doing. Um, You know, but it can be hard to not be impulsive with money when it's like, say, if you if you had 600 bucks and you're, you know, you're kind of like tapping your foot and you're kind of getting anxious and a little like impatient and then all of a sudden you see $900 or like $950 or something. And you're like, shoot, I want to go, you know, take this like time off from work and like take a vacation. You can easily blow 900 something bucks in like a few days, you know, just like 
you know, being extravagant or pampering yourself or doing something like that. And yes, it a lot of it is the difference between, you know, um, instant gratification that feels good. You know, we all like that. So sometimes what I've noticed is, you know, taking that um, urge to have that instant gratification um, versus that urge to, you know, um, feel like you're accomplishing what you want. Sometimes, you know, well, something I tell my, my clients too, is like, sometimes you don't have to go all in, you know, sometimes you don't have to go all $600 in. Sometimes you can test things, test the waters, start small, you know, you know, maybe use some of the money for something that's going to give you instant gratification, even if it's a couple hundred dollars and then use the other money to, towards your, your side hustle, you know, um, and, and, you know, the, the cool part about it is that the money isn't costing you anything, right? At that moment, $600 is just being eligible. So it costs you whatever that effort is to become eligible for that money, meaning that you've already paid your taxes, you're already kind of on top of where you need to be, um, with things, um, you're supposed to qualify, you know, whatever the the qualifying factors are going to be, um, you know, whatever effort you've been putting in so far, whatever circumstance you're in so far. Um, and I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, people who are in debt or have low credit or anything like that are, aren't responsible or whatever. Like, I mean, it happens, you know, we all have lives and life comes up and, a lot of us aren't taught about finance either. And so it's like all we're really taught usually is put money in your savings account, contribute to your retirement and, you know, you know, do what you need to do to get a tax refund. Um, other than that, you're not really taught any other information. You know, don't don't ruin your credit. Don't spend money that you don't have, you know, like things like that, like basic, basic stuff. But we're not usually taught how to actually grow our money to a significant point. Um, and one thing that you see when you, when you're looking at these millionaires, they don't usually have one stream of income, right? A lot of us who work a nine to five, we work a nine to five and that's all we do. We're like nine to five, I work nine to five and that's all I do. Um, you have one stream of income and there's only so many hours in the day. Your pay rate's only going to be so much even if you get tips and, you know, bonuses and things like that, it's only going to be so much money. Um, it's not going to grow so exponentially easily or quickly, you know, as it would if you had like three or four things you were able to do at the same time that were generating things on the side that you grow over time. You check in with this one every other month. You check in with this one every single day. You do this other thing every few days you do this other thing once a week and then you know slowly over time it it becomes profitable um and you reinvest that back into things you don't see i mean sometimes you do but some of the the millionaires that i follow you don't see them you know talking about going out buying um extravagant amounts of uh of like food you know they don't do a whole lot of uber eats eating out at restaurants um things that you know you could easily just cut down on spending just by being at home cooking um more than you buy out um that's one thing another thing is just buying things that have no no value no resale value um so a lot of them, they'll buy cars that, you know, of course it, de- it depreciates in value, but they don't buy, you know, something that you can't resell for a significant amount of funds. Um, they put their money in the places where it grows. They use the money wisely. They know why they're using it this way and what they're doing. Do they lose money? Yes. Um, but they're, they have the knowledge to know where to put their money, um, and so a lot of things that you do see is they're, 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 they're generating, you know, revenue. They're, they're making extra, you know, they have profit that's coming out of different places. Um, work is profit. 
um, you work, you, you say if you work a nine to five, it's the easiest example for me to use guys. So sorry that I keep saying it, but say if you do work a nine to five, um, you're profiting, um, from that nine to five, but that's 40 hours a week that you're investing, not to count time that you have to shop for your job. Say if you're getting groceries to like make your lunches, you have to probably eat breakfast. Um, you have to spend on gas. You have to consider the time to and from work. Um, if you're going into the office or whatever supplies you need, if you're working from home, if you have to pay for it on your own or whatever, um, this is, this is something you do every day. So you're basically working. Yes, you're getting a profit. Yes, but there is an expense to working as well. Um, for most jobs, most jobs, you do spend an amount of money. Um, and so some things that I'm taking into account right now is, you know, I'm saving so much on gas because I'm working from home. I mean, I am doing outreach in the community, but for one hour, once a week. So that's not too much. And I, I pick a zip code and I stick in that zip code. So I'm not really going out for more than even probably like an hour and a half. And I'm not spending a whole lot of extra gas. And there's a certain amount for reimbursement, too. So I'm basically um, driving, you know, a little bit. Um, I did have an extra expense from not driving, which was that, you know, there was a certain point where I was just going like the whole five days during the work week of not starting my car because I didn't have to go anywhere and I basically once went into the car and I was like oh the battery's dead because you know I do sit in the car often and talk to you guys and um you know sometimes I, I'll, I'll sit in the car and listen to music or I'll have the the air on or the lights on and things like that um because it's kind of odd for me like creepily sitting in the car because I have neighbors that are always outside like even at this very moment and they're outside and I can like see them literally across the street from my car and so it's like okay this is awkward <laughs> but um I mean they're probably used to me I'm used to them but things like that um you know you're you're gonna have expenses from work um, but one thing that I noticed is you know looking at what you're saving during this time because there's not extra bonuses for a lot of us coming in. So one thing that I've noticed is when you consider um, that, you, that you're probably, a lot of us at least, are probably not driving as much as we were before, um, that's, that's saved money. How much money did you used to spend on gas? I know when I used to work um, a certain distance, I think it was, I would round out, I rounded up because I didn't have a, um, a working gas gauge. <laughs> On, on the car that I was borrowing and so I didn't have a working gas gauge on there and I didn't want to pay money to get it fixed so I calculated how much money I needed every day for gas and at the time you know gas was it was closer to four dollars when I was working there so it being closer to four dollars but under four dollars I would estimate um that because it was 20 miles or so one way and the car got about 20 no it was 18 miles one way and the car got 20 miles per gallon. I estimated that it was approximately one gallon one way. So I would estimate $4 to work, $4 from work. That's $8 a day. That's 40 bucks a week just to go to and from work. Um, I'm not going to and from work anymore. And I have a different job at a different site that's only eight minutes away. It's like less than three miles. And so when I do go in, which is once a month, um, and if you think that I'm driving maybe like an hour once a week, not not an hour, like, um, yeah, I'm driving for an hour once a week. But say if I'm only going to like four stops, um, that's still not coming out to $40 a week in gas. Um, and with driving comes maintenance on top of it. Eventually, there's going to be maintenance. But also if your car is just sitting there, there's going to be maintenance too. And some people don't have cars. You use public transportation. You might have to use Uber, all these kinds of things. And so $40, if you think about $40 a week, how much is that a month? That's like four, that's like 40, 40, 40, and 40. And so, sorry, it's late for me guys, <laughs> but let's see. Eight, sixteen, yeah, yeah. So that's a lot, man. That's a lot. <laughs> that's 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 a hundred sixty bucks a month 
just in gas. So that means I'm saving 160 bucks. Maybe let's let's say let's say I'm saving 100 bucks. Let's say and I don't even think I'm saving. I I think sorry. I I was gonna say I don't even think that I'm spending a hundred dollars, even sixty dollars. But let's just round and say, say I spend sixty dollars a month. I'm still saving a hundred dollars a month. But where's that hundred dollars going? I mean, honestly, I'll be honest with you guys. A lot a lot of it has gone to like Uber Eats and stuff like that. And that's like what like twenty five bucks or so for one thing. Um, and so that kind of thing. So it's like, or saving on food. That's another one I've noticed. If you don't count Uber Eats, like say if you buy stuff. So, so one way that I've bypassed, you know, the whole problem that I don't really like cooking. Um, the reason why I don't like cooking is because I live with a bunch of people and that is annoying for me to have to wait to cook. Um, especially when I'm done with my shift. I don't know. Is somebody cooking? I mean, I, I'm off work at four o'clock. I'm not going to eat dinner at four. You know, I'll probably eat closer to six or seven. But by that time, everyone else has the same idea. Same with lunch, same with breakfast. And so and if you have like a bunch of people working from home who all live in the same house, there's only really a certain window of breakfast, lunch and dinner that people are going to eat in. You can eat at any time you want. Nobody's going to really be like, stop eating. That's like the wrong time. But I mean, you know, you can kind of technically eat whenever you want. But I don't want to get my schedule so off that I'm all like waking up hungry at like five in the morning and like, you know, hungry in the middle of the day. Just because, you know, when you start eating at at different time at the same time, but at like an odd time of day, you start getting hungry at that time of day. So, um, you know, that's a big factor in me not cooking at home right now too much. I mean, I do. I do like small meal prep stuff. Um, but what I usually tend to do, in all honesty, is you know, usually because I have to start my car after work, um, because I'm not driving it, I'll start the car. But sometimes, you know, what I've been doing is I'll run an errand when I get off work at four o'clock. So I'll go run an errand, I'll go do what I need to do. And, you know, that's, that's four o'clock right there. Um, you know, I, I try to get back before it gets dark because now it's like, it's, it's 519 right now and it's already pretty dark. Um, and I came outside at like 4.25 or so. And so I haven't even been out here an hour yet. And I've, I've gone from seeing the sun to now there's no more sun. Um, and it's the day after the winter solstice. So it's not like the days are really going to get longer anytime soon. We still have months of short days. Um, but, you know, it's going to change. But, yeah, that's one thing. That's one thing to consider, too, is like your eating habits um, staying at home for some people is cheaper. For some people, it's more expensive. Um, but if you can comfortably, you know, and look at the comfort levels too. Sometimes it's just a comfort thing. It's like, I can cook. I know how to make meals. Um, so some ways to bypass if you don't really like to cook too much. Um, um, oven meals are good. Um, mainly because you really just have to preheat the oven. Come back when it's preheated. Stick the thing in there. And then set a timer and then come back when it's done. And depending what you buy, if you buy like large size lasagnas and a whole bunch of salad and stuff like that or whatever, whatever you buy, um, it, you know, especially, you know, I'd recommend going a healthy route. But I mean, if you make something that's freezer, you know, put in the oven, it might be multiple meals. So now you have more than one meal to eat. And, you know, it's something that didn't really take a long time to cook because you weren't really cooking it. You know, you weren't having to stand in front of the stove. You really just turn on the... How long does it take? It doesn't take that long. You know, it takes a, a second to like... You know, and it, and, it, and it will involve like going back and forth to the oven a couple times. And like, you know, maybe, you know, divvying up the first time. Like divvying up into like some Tupperware. Which you kind of have for left for the leftover food. And then coming back washing your dishes. You know, but I mean that's a lot less um, for some people than it would be just cooking the whole lasagna from scratch right then or whatever that might take way longer time may be your your factor that you want to kind of not have have interfering with your evenings um energy levels might be a factor it might be a factor that you're um connecting to your um you know the people in your household like me like I don't want to interact with them at all so I try not to so 
you know, I don't want to interact. And then if, if we happen to all be cooking at the same time, it's like now I have to sit here and like interact with these people. Or even if I have in my headphones, they're still like in the same room as me. It's like, I just don't want to be around anybody sometimes, especially because I have such a social job. I'm like, at the end of the day, sometimes I'm like, I just don't want to talk to anyone. I want to talk about and think about the things I want to talk about and think about. Um, but I'm not really trying to be obligated towards roommates too much. I'm respectful, I'm polite, and other than that, I don't want to be, like, involved. And so, yeah, cooking is an expense. Uh, purchasing groceries is an expense. Uber Eats and all, you know, Grubhub, uh, Postmates, all that is, is an expense. Um, but you can actually make it, you know, a way that, you know, you can eat cheaper when you're home more. Um, freezer, freezer food is a, is a, is a good way to do that. Freezer to oven types of meals because they're quick. Um, the oven's healthier than the microwave. Um, and what else? There's, there, you know, sometimes there's like certain delis you can shop at. I really like Japanese markets. They have bento boxes, they have sushi, they have a bunch of like, um, microwavable meals that are pre-made, but they're like, they make them every day. So it's like, you know, you can get fish dishes, fish rice dishes with veggies. You can get noodle dishes, little sandwiches. You can get all kinds of stuff. And it's already prepped, already made. It's still going to cost you less money. I think I spent, it's still a lot, but I think I spent like 40 bucks on, I think I got two gallons of water, um, a yakisoba bowl, um, one sushi roll, like a spicy salmon sushi roll. Um, some already cooked, um, veggie gyoza dumplings. Um, what else? I got a bento box of, um, karage, chicken karage. It's like, I don't know, like fried chicken nugget kind of with veggies and rice. Um, and what else? Oh, I got another, uh, soba noodle. So that was, that was, you know, say 35, 40 bucks for all that. Versus if I would have ordered like from a Korean restaurant that I really like, that would have been 30, 45 bucks. And I may have gotten two meals out of the Korean food versus all the other meals that I just mentioned, you know, all that stuff together is, you know, more food. So yeah, I had to get out and go shopping and do it, but it still wasn't all that much effort. Um, and I, now I just have some stuff that I have to like pop in the, in the, in the, um, microwave. So it's cheaper. Um, and yeah, so things like gas, things like food, you want to think about things that you could possibly save on that you've been, that you do every day. Those are some of the the things to kind of look at. Um, one thing that I like to do every, like often, actually I do this, uh, but every so often, you know, I notice when I start having more money, I'll get into the trap of, you know, paying for more stuff like apps and subscriptions to stuff maybe if I want to learn something I'll pay for a class for 49 bucks a month or whatever you know I I get into a trap of I have a little more money so I I kind of do reinvest it back in myself for entertainment and like education purposes and things like that um like you know I'm not saying you know you have to live like you know scrimping by even though you have money in the bank just to keep some funds there you know I'm, I'm not saying that you know you have to live your life that way some people would rather have the money and grow their money and not have a bunch of stuff or experiences and other people you know you want to have value to your life whatever you value and I value experiences I value um, learning I value creativity not everybody values the same things. I really love hanging out with my friends and family and just like doing stuff, but right now I can't. So right now I'm prioritizing a lot of creative things, a lot of learning things. And those are things that I still find valuable every day. And it keeps me kind of, kind of motivated and happier than when I'm just sitting watching Netflix. I don't get anything out of that. Um, some people do, some people would rather just be entertained. So it makes more sense that you would spend more money on entertainment. So, um, things like that are are good to keep in mind. Um, what do you value and what, you know, where are your expenses going and what can you cut down on? What are you naturally cutting down on just, just through the fact of, um, you know, COVID times, um, what are you, what are you cutting down on automatically? Like some things for me, honestly, automatically, um, 
I mean, at work, I used to bring food every day, but I didn't necessarily buy food for for my lunches at work. It was like whatever was kind of left over from what I had. Um, dinners, I would usually purchase dinner on my way home. And I, like I said, it was like 18 miles away. And so I had a distance to drive in, in a variety of things within the 18 mile distance, um, that I could stop at versus now when I'm at home and I haven't left, you know, I have to literally go out of my way to go drive, to go to these places. And so even though then, um, I was spending money going to places, you know, I wasn't really wasting extra gas because there were a lot of places right off the freeway that I could pop off the freeway and just go grab it because it was on the way. It was like maybe one block, two blocks from the freeway versus if I go one or two blocks from my house, you know, there's mostly fast food. I live next to, there's like a, a Rite Aid, a McDonald's, a couple of restaurants, a couple gas stations, um, maybe within five minutes, I have a couple, um, a couple, you know, like Vietnamese food, Thai food, you know, but that stuff gets expensive. You know, if you're going to eat it every single day for like 10, 10 to $12 every day, that gets expensive, but you know, it's relatively healthier than, you know, eating McDonald's every day, which I couldn't even eat. Dude, the last time I ate McDonald's, I felt like I had to go to the hospital almost. I was like, I had plans with my friends the next day, and I was like, dude, I need to go to urgent care. I feel like I'm going to die. Like, it was bad. Um, And so, yeah, so I don't really eat McDonald's, even though it's way cheaper. Um, But, you know, so, yeah, you want to consider what you're you're doing with your funds. Now, you know, you might actually have extra money if you look through a bunch of the subscriptions that you have, um, you know, that you're, that are coming out of your bank, you know, if you have like electronic banking, a lot of us have banking apps right now. Um, I'll be surprised if you don't have a banking app. Most people I think use banking apps. And so if you have a banking app and you look at your app and you can just scroll and see, okay, I'm paying for this class. I'm paying, like, if you look at everything that's not maybe transportation, food, and rent, um, let's just say those three things, transportation, food, and rent, um, where does all your other money go? You know, do you have loan payments, student loan payments, credit card payments? Um, do you have times when you go out with friends or family, when you buy takeout, when you have a subscription fee that comes up through apps, um, things like that? A lot of that stuff is like, okay, you know, start to break down all of the bills that you have and look at the stuff that, you know, you don't need um, and throw it into the stuff that's getting in the way. So I usually try to try to cut down on all the stuff that's not a necessity, like the subscriptions, if I'm taking classes that I don't really need, but I just like um, if I'm paying for apps, whatever it may be, and then take all that money once I've canceled it and have the number take all that money during the next pay period because you know okay say say for example if I had 150 bucks that I was using extra on all that stuff and I know if I just cancel everything that's already 150 bucks I'm getting that next paycheck I'm going to take that 150 bucks and put it into you know maybe something that's like credit card a credit card bill or something like that like some people think oh I don't have extra money but it's like if you're if you put yourself on a plan to get rid of some of the, you know, extra expenses, you know, credit, credit expenses, loan expenses, that kind of thing. Or if you have bills that you don't really need um, to be having, you know, trying to kind of knock out the stuff that comes out of your paycheck every month or every pay period so that you're getting as much of your income as you can possibly get. All of your money is going straight to you, you know, versus to other people um, or other places or other, you know, companies. You're working for that money. You should get that money. It should all be yours. So you get that money. And if you're only paying for the necessities and then you're putting all the extra money that you're saving from the non-necessity stuff into the into the bills that are taking out of your income, eventually that will get taken care of if you manage it and some people do use their side hustles or get extra jobs and use that money to 
pay into what they're doing. Um, and that can help too. It helps to not let it get too out of hand. And then, um, yeah, so that, that would, that's kind of my rant about this potential stimulus check, $600, seeing how, how you're benefiting financially at all, if at all, from, from all these stay at home orders. Um, I know it's a hard time for a lot of people, so not everyone might have not, not everyone has the luxury to do all these things, but if you can, um, try to make goals definitely and talk to you next time. Thank <laughs> you.